imagine how many people like a, a SIDS death that happened two weeks later or mm-hmm. a seizure that happened five days later when they tell me it's only sp- allowed three. Yeah. You know, um, imagine all the people that haven't been heard because of a day. So today I have, um, I am interviewing Rebecca Crane. She is a mother of three whose first child was injured by vaccines and she took the government to court. She sued in the vaccine injury compensation program and she won. And so that's why I wanted to talk to her. Hi. Thank you for letting me share your story. Um, Absolutely. Skylar is six years old, right? She's six. Yeah. Yeah. Six. Okay. So, um, how was, how was like her birth and like, was she full term or was she, that was your first pregnancy? Yeah, she was my first and yes, she was full term. She was actually, I actually went into labor on my due date and she was born the next day. Okay. And then at birth, did you do like the hepatitis B shot and any, like any of the other, I mean, typical um, um, hospital stuff? So when I, I couldn't even remember, but I looked into her medical records and it looks like she did get happy at the, uh, the day we left the hospital. So like they left us alone the whole entire time we were in there. And then mm-hmm. she got that when, like before we left, but mm-hmm. it doesn't look like she got vitamin K. I don't think she got that. Mm. I couldn't find it anywhere on the records. Yeah. Okay. So then she was basically healthy and Yeah. Um, Well, you know, and then of course, a lot of things like, you know, looking back in hindsight, it's kind of like, gee, I wish I had done a little more research first. Because in the hospital, she was fine. She would feed. um, She would latch to the breast just fine. Like we we were even... um, complimented by the nurses and everything like oh my gosh this is your first baby it looks like you've been breastfeeding for years Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but then they gave her that shot and we went home and all she would do is sleep like like deep deep sleep I couldn't wake her up and you know I remember my first day home I started crying thinking my baby's gonna starve to death she's not waking up to eat like she's just like completely undisturbed by any sort of motion or sound or anything and yeah that, and then like breastfeeding started becoming a little bit of a challenge and, and it wasn't even because she wouldn't latch it's just because she wouldn't wake up and then wow. if she did latch she would start crying uh-huh. so, oh, so it she was, was like, very sleepy then yeah that. it it was it was strange and looking back I'm sure how is she fine for the whole four days we were in the hospital because I had a c-section so Mm-hmm. You know, we were in there for four days and there was nothing wrong until we got home. And yeah, that's the only thing that would have changed is they gave her that before we left. Yeah. Um, but, Six. you know, of course, I didn't think of that at all. Yeah, that's interesting. So like her personality in the hospital, those first four days were very different than when you got home. Yeah. Like she was she very was... awake and alert the whole yeah. time. And yeah. Oh, wow. Um, And then did she... Did you, did she get another hep B at one month or two months or, or like when was the uh, next set of shots? Yeah. So she went and she did get the um, two month round of shots. So 
everything typical that you would get at two months. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if hep B is on the two months or not. I, yeah. Sometimes they I do. Don't know, like I don't one care month. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, definitely. I know. I, I was like, I sometimes forget too. And I, I just assume that it's at the two month, but then some places give it at four weeks. So I guess uh-huh. it depends on like how often, you know, the parents bring the baby back to them. No, so I know she didn't get anything at four weeks. Yeah. So it's probably two months then. Yeah. Um, did she have any kind of reaction to those round of shots? Yes. Yeah. Um, so after that, she became colicky. Mm. And, you know, of course, that's what they call it. It's colic or uh, better yet, I guess they say um, the period of purple crying. Yeah. Which I guess is supposedly like colic times 100. It was bad um like she would almost never sleep now and it was just constant crying all day every day face beat red and like nothing would soothe her nothing no swaddling no rocking uh no nursing nothing soothed her I was going out of my mind so this was um, like an abrupt change then basically like, so right before the, like leading up to the two months, she was, you know, didn't have those symptoms. And then all of a sudden after she was like different. Right. Right. And it lasted for about a month, month and a half. And it started getting better and she'd start to sleep again and she'd start to nurse but even still when she would nurse she didn't nurse for very long it'd be like five ten minutes and then she'd just start crying um and you know like I just was going out of my mind I had no idea like what was wrong or like why does this baby not want to eat I thought breastfeeding was supposed to be that magic thing all babies just conk out and you know yeah it was it, it was kind of frustrating it was really frustrating um, you know, and then of course you get told by the doctors, like, if it's really frustrating, just for your own sanity, just leave the room for five, 10 minutes, even though she's caught, you know, that's, oh, and it's yeah. terrible to listen to your baby doing that. Nobody wants to just leave a baby. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. <clears throat> and they do. And I, I see a lot of parents say too, like the sleep regression and it's always, it always lines up with when the shots are given like the sleep regressions too. So it's like people, yeah. A lot of times people don't make these connections right away. Right. And you know, now that I have two children, Mm -hmm. uh, third one on the way, my second having never had any of that crap was completely different. There was no quote unquote colic. Mm -hmm. There was no problems eating, no problems sleeping. And I honestly don't think she had any sort of sleep regression. Maybe, you know, during a growth spurt, she'd wake a little more to feed more often. But overall, like, no, there was nothing wrong with her. I know, I know. But it's it's weird. Like, a lot of that stuff has become normalized where people just think that that's what all babies feel and experience. But then if you have, like, a child that's not vaccinated, they don't have those, those, like, characteristic things. Like, mine didn't either. They didn't have... They didn't have real, you know, sleep regressions. They weren't really colic. I mean, they're, they have gas, they have 
all the normal stuff, they spit up and stuff, but nothing dramatic. Like, right. right. It was completely different. Mm -hmm. So then, um, so then at four months, so then what happened at four months? So four months, like everything was pretty much back to normal. And I was, I was finally like sleeping at night. She was finally eating a little better and all that stuff. And, you know, of course, not having put any of that two and two together, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just went along with it. Of course, four months shots. Yeah, sure. Um, she seemed happy and healthy and nothing was wrong with her when we left the house. But um, when we got to the doctor's office, I guess she had a fever. They, to- they took her temperature twice just to make sure. And it was like 101.2 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I did ask her, I was like, you know, of course I didn't, I hadn't made like barely any money at the time. So my work time was precious. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't want to make another appointment, but if I had to, I would have, but I was just like, so if she has a fever, do we not give her her shots? Like, and the doctor was like, well, let me look into that real quick. Like she, you know, seemed like she was really concerned that she should make sure if it was right or whatever. So yeah, she left the room, went to her office, and then when she came back, she said, she's like, well, you know, I, I did a little research here, and I think we're going to be okay doing the shots, but she goes, I want to leave off the rotavirus vaccine mm-hmm. because it's live. Mm-hmm. So she got everything that she would normally get in the four months except rotavirus because mm-hmm. she had a fever, and they thought that that would be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but lo and behold... It was just all a bad idea. And yeah. of course, because she had a fever, um, I was also prescribed baby Tylenol mm-hmm. and told to give her that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it didn't help. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us have done our research on Tylenol and found yeah. some horrific evidence. So that's, so- you know, probably not helpful to the whole situation. But I noticed um, when we got home, mm-hmm. she she was sleeping and um, her her breasts would stop, and then her- she would like gasp out of it, like it oh, seemed okay. like apnea, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, well, you know, hey, she's got a fever, maybe she's getting a cold and whatever. But I didn't once again think anything of it. Did did um, she have any I, other like symptoms? around that time like did she have like a runny nose or no and that's that's why I was really shocked and like why is she on fever there's nothing wrong with her yeah yeah I'm and I I am surprised like that part of your story was definitely made a huge question mark in my head too because I mean yeah I mean even just as far as the culpability of that doctor but I mean we could get to that later but I'm just kind of wondering if that is like a separate lawsuit even I don't know how that works but yeah I don't I don't know how that works either but I think after six years of all of this site I'm done mm-hmm. I'm done yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to go any, into any further litigations for yeah you know I just can't I don't think I have the strength anymore no I know I mean you you've you've done like I mean, we haven't even gotten to that part, but yeah, you've done a lot. So, so she had the fever, she got 
all of the shots except for rotavirus and then um mm-hmm. and then what happened next um the college came back um i had a very very rough couple of nights um i ended up bringing her um was it that first night or the second night i think it was that first night like she just she started her screaming and crying again mm-hmm. and um I couldn't make her stop. And so I brought her to the ER and I, you know, let her know, Hey, she got shots today. They told me she had a fever. I don't know if maybe, you know, it's not agreeing with her. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, in the ER, they just te- checked her temp. And I guess it was at, uh, if I remember correctly, about 102 at that time. Oh, okay. So, so they said, higher. well, that's not an alarming fever. Yeah. They, they said, this isn't an alarming fever. Just keep giving her the Tylenol. Uh, unless it goes over, I think they said like 103. If uh-huh. it gets over 103, then bring her back. But if it stays 102 or under, then you're fine. Just give her the Tylenol every couple of hours. So that's what I did, you know, of course. Yeah. Um, I was a miserable dog. I went to work the next day, I think, horrifically tired. No, I didn't go to work the next day. I stayed home with her. Uh-huh. I stayed home with her. It wasn't until the third day. But she went to the babysitters. Mm-hmm. So it was after I, I let her get better for a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was the third day that I got that call from the babysitter at work that she had stopped breathing um, during a nap. She went in to check on her and she was blue. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she had um, flat lines and the paramedics were able to get her back. So did did the babysitter perform CPR or what did she do? She just called yeah, 911. Yeah, she said she gave her some breaths while she was waiting for the ambulance to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure how long for. I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was just crazy. Uh, not the phone call I ever thought I was going to get at work, and I didn't even know what to do. Like I was in shock, and <laughs> my my shock had me just standing there like and everybody in my job was like well you have to go yeah and I'm like how I I didn't even like I I didn't even have like the mental capacity to move my feet yeah that is that is so scary so then obviously I'm I'm really sucky in a in an emergency situation (laughs) because I freeze yeah well, that's a, that's a really normal response, like freeze and from fear. Um, yeah, I mean, even people that know how to do CPR sometimes forget how to do it, like in that moment. Um, oh, I know, and I know, I know, I've had to do it on a few people, but mm-hmm. I think it was different because this is my child, and mm-hmm. I don't know, this was just like a completely different kind of shock. I can handle other people, but not my I, it's just it stops me dead in my tracks if something's wrong with my kid mm-hmm. so at this point did you think like that it could have been the the shots or did you have any inkling oh. yet I I I don't know there was so many things going through my head at that time like you know um like was she did she have something uh, that she was allergic to like what you know because mm-hmm. we all know that your baby solids before 
months, but I gave her a taste of a few things here and there to see like what kind of reaction she would make. Yeah, I was definitely um, doing things a lot differently back then. Now that I know better, things are not anywhere near like what I was doing back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was like, did I give her something she's allergic to? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, and when I got to the hospital, you know, I mentioned, I'm like, the only things different that have been going on is um, I, I gave her a couple tastes of some food items, yogurt, sweet potatoes, and um, and she had her shots. And they said, well, it's not the shot. Like, that was, like, so fast I, mm. that came out of their mouth. And I'm like, wow. okay, <laughs> like, you sure? <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I mean, how I don't, I don't even understand how they could say that, and they must be just lying to themselves too. Yeah, yeah. It's just how quickly, how quickly it came out of their mouths. Is like, as soon as I said it, they were already ready with that response. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure they want to try to like pin it on anything but the shots. Oh, of course. And the entire 30 days in the hospital, I had a few conversations with some of the doctors and, you know, they try to tug on your heartstrings and all sorts of things, trying to convince me to continue shots after that. It's just, well, now it's comical, but Mm -hmm. it just was, I, I don't know. I think I was mostly in disbelief at that point in time. Like, mm-hmm. how can you guys not even consider this a possibility? Yeah. I mean, it with their injections, like, I don't understand how they cannot do that. If it was an injection of anything else, it would be the first thing to look into. Right. And I had mentioned the fever um, to the attending that was there. And, um, much to my surprise, her answer, I, you know, because I had asked her, that was my biggest concern. I, I actually wasn't really at that point so much thinking that vaccines harmed her, like, on their own. Yeah. I was more or less thinking, well, maybe we shouldn't have done that with the fever. Yes. yes. You know, and mm-hmm. so I had mentioned that to the attending and she just looked at me dead in the face with no expression she's like the only thing that would stop me from vaccinating a baby is sepsis and i'm like really there's there's <laughs> oh my god no i'm like that seems rather extreme you're gonna tell me there's absolutely zero instances between perfectly healthy and sepsis where you might say maybe not today mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's when i started really getting suspicious i'm like that doesn't sound right. There's got to be like something else that would stop somebody from doing something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I, I mean, you know, I'm not the most educated in medicine or anything like that, but I do know that a vaccine is a little bit of an illness to cause an immune reaction so that, you know, you're immune to something. Yeah. I, I understand that if, she has a fever she's already fighting something and maybe that wasn't okay and i i was just being dismissed on that too like yeah. uh, it was crazy 
to me that just made sense that was just common sense like you know maybe you don't want to give her another illness on purpose well no 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 she was no she wasn't septic you can give her shots cool yeah (laughs) yeah and and meanwhile they don't have any answers of like what's happening to your daughter oh no suspicions lots of suspicions they had uh you know in regards to um me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um yeah. and when they had officers come in and take my blood and they you know like I was interviewed by a detective and then he asked if I would give blood mm-hmm. uh, for for drug testing since I'm a breastfeeding mother and I was like oh absolutely but they had to have um a phlebotomy officer right? an officer trained in phlebotomy which is crazy because you'd think I'm in a hospital just have one of these doctors do it but yeah had to be a cop so I had to wait for the cop and you know of course I had the right to refuse still but so when the cop got there that could do phlebotomy I was like all right let's go let's go and they're like really I'm like yeah so yeah <laughs> they, do they so yeah do they need like a shape yeah, they they were shocked I didn't change my mind. They really were convinced I was hiding something. Yeah. So they don't need like um like a court order for something like that or um I'm sure that they could get one if they wanted to, but I was volunteering. Okay. So as long as you're volunteering then Yeah. I, I mean I don't really know the process behind that if I had said no but Mm -hmm. I was volunteering because I had nothing to hide like let's get this done and over with yeah so but then of course it it wasn't enough you know they still call child protective services and then they want to do hair and urine and then they also wanted to do my husband's hair and urine Mm -hmm. like it was just it was a nightmare of a month like if it isn't bad enough that your child is laying in the hospital with tubes and having seizures and hooked up to everything you can imagine. She had a central line. It was god awful. But then on top of that, I'm being investigated. Mm-hmm. It so, was just torture. So when she, so when she got there, they were able to revive her, and I, I saw pictures with her all hooked up, and it was, it was a few days before she had the first seizure, right? Like she um, was there for a few days or what was so the timeline? It, it's unknown um, because since she was found unresponsive by the babysitter, mm-hmm. what, what we don't know is if a seizure caused her to become in that state or if that's becoming in that state, like having stopped breathing and having a cardiac arrest is what caused her to then have seizures that's that's basically the um consensus that we got like since they don't know what made her become blue mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's speculated that a seizure could have happened first so um i don't know if it was a couple days into the hospital that that was her first seizure it's just the first known seizure yeah okay so then, so then once they saw or were, became aware that she was having seizure activity, then they would hook up the next set of devices. Well, so they, they weren't even aware of it. So she was in the um, pediatric ICU for two days being uh, monitored. 
And about the middle of the second day, they said she was doing well enough and they would just put us into a regular peds room. Mm-hmm. And so we went, you know, a little bit down the hall to change rooms so she wasn't in ICU anymore. And when we got to that room, um, I want to say we were probably in that room for about 30 minutes. And this is like literally just the end, the tail end of them monitoring her. They were going to send us home the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got in that room and I sat on the couch and I was breastfeeding her. And um, I put her over my shoulder to burp her. And she was wiggling a little bit. And I'm talking to my husband. We're just chatting. And I was patting her on the back to burp her. And then like, I don't know, about three minutes into the conversation, I... I'm realizing she's still wiggling over my shoulder. And that's, to me, I was like, it's a little more than getting her a little comfort nook, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I lowered her down and I could see that her eyes were rolled to the back of her head and she was twitching. So that wiggling was not wiggling. She was having mm-hmm. a seizure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I feel so horrible, but I'm just sitting there having a conversation thinking my baby's wiggling on my shoulder. Meanwhile, she's seizing for three minutes before I even realize it. I just, I carried her out into the hall where the nurse station was and I showed them, I said, she's seizing. Mm-hmm. And then bam, right back to ICU. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't even like, they didn't think two seconds of it. They just took her to rush down the hall. And that was mm-hmm. it. And then we were in ICU for the next like 30 days. So they ran all sorts of tests and they couldn't find really, I mean, they couldn't find any reason for, I mean, like, does, does she have any kind of, um, are there any hereditary factors for seizures in your family or any, uh, no, any other thing? So that- they ran tons of tests. They did spinal taps on her to find if there was like any sort of virus or bacteria that would cause it like meningitis or anything like that. And she didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they did CAT scans and MRIs to see if there was any sort of brain injury and there was no brain injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course they tested her for all the same drugs they wanted to test me for. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no, no drugs in her system to speak of whatsoever, which obviously, <laughs> So um, they did, the only thing that they found was, you know, she had that fever was adenovirus, which is a cold. And they said it could cause seizures. And I'm like, oh, all right. So the, <laughs> the adenovirus is probably what caused that initial fever then. So, so she right. just had like a normal, just cold yeah. virus. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just a little cold, but I mean, like the breathing stuff didn't happen until after they gave her shots. Yeah. Um, and it was it was pretty much immediate. As soon as we got home, I, I was noticing that she had like apnea type activity going on in her sleep. Yeah, but and I she never had apnea before and she never had like apnea before that that no, you had ever never. seen. Yeah. Mm-mm, no. Okay, so then so at this time when she's she's in the hospital and things are kind of getting more crazy. Um I noticed that's when people like on Facebook, they're like, it's the vaccines, it's the vaccines. And so at this point, I mean, you're starting to get kind of people encouraging you to look into that. Are, are you bringing that information into the hospital and like telling these nurses and doctors that you think it's the vaccines? Yeah. Um, I, I was really, I mean, 
I was convinced anyway because my you know my child never had seizures at all and I was yeah. like that, like this is dumb because they even said when we had gotten there that she didn't lose she she wasn't out long enough that she was she didn't have any like oxygen deprivation or anything like that mm-hmm. I'm like so mm-hmm. her having you know passed out like that was not you know like I said not the most educated person in terms of medicine and stuff like that but you know, I, I'm aware that you got to be out for quite a while for, you know, the brain to be damaged for like that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, this this is not it. And, you know, people were just like, you know, sharing other stories. And I was like, this is the same exact thing mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's all the same thing that I'm going through. It's just, and it's crazy, you know, that it happens that many times and they're just like, no, no, it's not the shot. So are you, are they recording this in your file though? Cause I, I mean, for, for later when you would pursue a case, is it important to have the vaccines be documented in her like medical charts and all that kind of stuff? Like, um, well, yeah, she has records of what she's gotten. Yeah. Um, are, are they documenting the, the stuff that I'm telling them? Oh yeah. Like I'm a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you if you were to read the medical records and comments that nurses and doctors would leave, it's just yeah, they they were definitely talking like I'm a crazy person. Uh, can cannot seem to convince mother otherwise. Oh wow! Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's, it's they really like wanted that. you to think like them. They really wanted you to think like them, and because you weren't, then you were. Yeah, they had to like disregard you. Um, yeah, because you exactly. basically weren't buying their narrative. Right. Exactly. So then, um, so how did it all unfold? Like, did she have to get on anti seizure medications? Did her seizures yes. slow down? Yes. So, um, the entire time that we were in the hospital, it was basically a set of trials and error. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know we'll try this med we'll add this med oh we're going to take away this med and do this one instead like I, I can't even for the life of me tell you how many different combinations they tried mm-hmm. um, meanwhile they have her on a camera with a EEG so that they can both video capture and you know brainwave capture all mm-hmm. seizure activities and what have you and basically what they're trying to do is have them reduced and um she had the breathing tube the whole time too and um a sedative I guess to keep her so that she's not going to try to fight the tube or anything like that but we couldn't take the breathing tube out until she went 24 hours without a seizure Mm-hmm. I don't remember how many days went by before that happened, though. It's mm-hmm. been a while. I have to look back on medical records or Facebook posts or something like that. But I think it was like a week. So she went through, she she had her 24-hour period and she got the tubes removed. But we were still there, still watching her have seizures for the next few weeks. Um, and eventually, if I remember correctly, um, part of their testing... Um, so while she was in there, I would pump and, um, they would feed her in a Mm -hmm. feeding tube, my milk. 
Okay. Um, but then at, at one point they came to me and they said, you know, there's another possibility that can cause seizure activity and it could be um, metabolic. So they, they wanted to do a trial where they stopped feeding her my milk mm-hmm. and gave her formula instead mm-hmm. and tested her for the metabolic issue. But I stood my ground on that one. I said, you know what? I'm like, right now you have a theory and I am more than willing to allow you to test her mm-hmm. to see if that's the case. Mm-hmm. But you're not giving my child formula until you have an answer. Yeah. So they were like, okay, okay. You know. They didn't really push that issue too, too much, but you know what I mean? Like I was like, you want to change my child's diet on a theory before you actually know if that's, I mean, that didn't make sense to me. I'm like, yeah. wait, you will find out. Cause right now she's, is she in danger of dying from my milk? No. Okay. Then you keep giving her mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they, they should be able to test for the metabolic error or whatever without changing her diet too. So yeah. Right. Um, they they sent out the test. I think it came back in like two or three days. And of course it wasn't yeah. metabolic, but of course, just in case it was metabolic, one of the, well, not a seizure med, but one of the meds that they had her on was something, I can't remember what it was called, but it had something to do with, um, you know, metabolic issues just in case, you know, just in yeah. case. I'm like, whatever. I know they do that, um, but they that, do that, that did happen to be, that was the first med that she was weaned off of by the neurologist after the fact. So, um, we know that that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. And then they tested her for genetics. They thought it could be Dravet syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, they had explained to me, and I think this was kind of their way of, I, I don't know. I didn't think of it at the time, but now I kind of think of it. So, um, they said Dravet syndrome is a seizure disorder. Mm-hmm. that usually manifests about two years old and it would manifest no matter what. But sometimes they said vaccines can um, irritate that kind of, that condition and yeah. bring them on, bring on the seizure activity earlier. So I don't know if that was just their way of like, you know, trying to reach me on the vaccine issue by, explaining that that way I don't know I've not researched Dravet syndrome so okay yeah so it's part the part of the story where I think where we are is at what point did you start talking to a lawyer and how did you even know to do any of that well oh how did I know somebody brought it up to me somebody told me about uh theirs mm-hmm. uh, so I definitely went on to that website immediately Mm-hmm. and did the reports um, yeah so that's so- a good question so now did any of the doctors at the hospital ever mention bears oh not once no okay so they didn't obviously report the injury no absolutely not no and so when you found out about bears did you go to them and say you are supposed to be reporting this like what or, or what did they say or or what did no you know? you know I don't think I realized that doctors were supposed to I thought it was just one of those uh websites where if you have an injury that you report, I, mm-hmm. I don't think I realized at the time that doctors um, were supposed to, I thought they could, but mm-hmm. I didn't know they were supposed to. Okay. So, no, this was, so this they was never... very, very early into my research journey. So, you know. yeah, of course. I mean, most people yeah. don't, this is like the rude awakening. Most people don't know. And I mean, you had to learn 
the hard way, this, this awful way. So, so then you reported to VAERS and so now you got in contact with a lawyer. Um, Not, not yet. Um, I, I did find out um, through information that was shared to me about the NVICP, you know, and I looked into it and I found out, well, you have to wait until the injury is six months old. Mm. So, so me contacting a lawyer did not happen until about March of the following year because I had to wait. Okay. Um, But one thing that does stick out in my mind as uh, when she when she was released from the hospital I opted to change pediatricians I no longer felt comfortable uh, using the one that we were seeing that gave her shots during a fever yeah um, I still I still wasn't 100% on knowing whether or not like it had to do with the fever or if it was just the shots themselves you know so when this happened to her did your um, initial pediatrician find out like did did she word did. get she back? called me she did she so when we were in the hospital she did call me um because of course the hospital had made her aware of the situation and everything mm-hmm. and one of the things that she did say to me was you know you know of course you know the condolences and all that I'm so sorry you're going through this and she did say to me I can't help but think did I possibly hurt this baby? Mm-hmm. But, you know, and while I appreciate that that may have crossed her mind, it's still, you know, mm-hmm. that it's not enough. It's, it yeah. wasn't enough for me to continue taking me there. Um, instead, I I found um, a different pediatrician um, through some Facebook groups, um, moms who were willing to share names of pediatricians that were open to vaccine choice instead of just denying anybody who didn't want them. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our first appointment, I believe it was like two days after she got out. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody had provided me with a state of Arizona medical exemption sheet. Mm-hmm. And I had brought that with me. And so when we went into the appointment, I told the doctor, um, you know, everything that had just happened and what we had been through, the first words out of his mouth were, oh my God, did you report it to theirs? Mm-hmm. So I had like this huge sigh of relief and I'm like, mm-hmm. I am in the right place. Yeah. Good. And, and he, and I said, well, I have this medical exemption too. He didn't even say a word. He just grabbed that out of my hand and signed it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So I got so fortunate in terms of that. And it, he marked it off as permanent. So not oh, for a certain good. amount of time. He did not mark off like, uh, okay, she's allowed to have this one or this one. No, no, no. They're all mm-hmm. prohibited permanently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, he, it was so amazing. He didn't even ask the question, grabbed it, signed it and gave it back to me. Wow. So, that is, that makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, it does. That doesn't happen for everyone. Yeah. Uh, not even close. And so. And you're in a state that has many exemptions, right? You're, you have. All three. Yeah. That's, that's great. Very yeah, jealous over three. here. <laughs> Very jealous. Arizona is so much better. And I know that, you know, with, with my non-injured child, I have those exemptions that I can use mm-hmm. that are non-medical and it's fine. She'll be fine. Yeah. That's good. So, so at this point, when Skylar is released, is she, she's. 
is she fine? I mean, does she still have seizures? Is she, she doesn't have any like kind of brain damage, but does she have the residual seizures still? So when we left the hospital, a total of four meds um, that I had to give to her twice a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was definite, um, there was definitely an obvious uh, shift in her um, development. So like she seemed to have been doing certain things ahead of schedule, like, you know, standing very solid when I hold her hands, mm-hmm. um, sitting up with the tripod. I mean, she was only four months old, but she was already tripoding and that all went away. She, if I, if I held her hands, she seemed to be sturdy on one side, but one of her feet wanted to tuck underneath. Like she couldn't put her foot flat. Mm-hmm. anymore and and then yeah she couldn't she couldn't sit anymore in any way for quite a while she had stopped bringing her feet to her mouth to suck on her toes mm. so you know all things that she just was doing she basically for a little while she just laid there mm-hmm. which is which is pretty sad so they had set it up so that I think when she was nine months old they waited a few months but when she was nine months old, we started doing um, physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So she would, by then she was sitting up again and very much favoring one side. So like if she wanted to twist and roll over to crawl, mm-hmm. it would only be one way. So mm-hmm. physical therapy, they started trying to coax her to turn the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even when she did start walking, I would just that one foot would kind of still want to be tucked under Mm -hmm. she was very wobbly um i mean most babies obviously are wobbly when they're trying to learn to walk but yeah this was in a different way because that one foot just didn't want to be flat Mm -hmm. so yeah it was that was a struggle that was a struggle too um and then when she was two we did this physical therapy for two years when she was two then they started speech therapy and she definitely didn't say words as clearly as most kids. And there's just a, a lot of things that just seemed a little behind. Yeah. Where I wasn't worried about her being behind before. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I, thankfully, she seems to be all caught up. There's there's nothing wrong with her um, at all. She's, mm-hmm. I mean, wild, crazy six-year-old. She doesn't listen. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> typical. <laughs> yeah. It's, typical <laughs> but yeah we're, we're very fortunate she doesn't take any medications anymore whatsoever one by one over two years time so like she was two two and a half when she was done with all of them and when we got out of the hospital initially i don't know how many seizures she had at home but i saw him okay and they were very mi- they were very mild uh-huh. um they she seemed to be alert through them they were more or less just like twitches of the limbs so yeah she's been seizure free yeah ever for, since for like out more yeah. than four years then yeah that's good yeah we yeah we threw it and i mean i thank god every day we're so fortunate i i know that not everybody came out of their situation as lucky as we did you know some some kids suffered permanent damage and some kids didn't keep their lives and it's mm-hmm. very sad i know it's very sad i'm i'm very fortunate wow. considering yeah that is uh, such a good like 
good news and it's a good story for that she's okay that she went through something so tragic at that moment but that her body was able to completely recover everything yeah people had shared with me detoxes and stuff mm-hmm. too so i had given her i gave her like two detox baths a week for two or three weeks when we came home and then i shortened to one a week for another month you know i'm pretty sure that that had yeah that helped a little you know, and your breast um, breastfeeding, I'm sure helped a lot too. And all and all that therapy, everything kind of helps to her brain to rewire and, and to calm that inflammation down. And I bet well, my breastfeeding took a dive. Actually. Mm. Um, so when she was all hooked up, you know, I was pumping and everything and they would feed her my milk. Um, and then after about two weeks, I think without the, having the contact, um, I was starting to not produce. Oh, yeah. Um, and then like, I was, um, I, I cried in the hospital. I, I tried to call one morning and it was like, there's like three drops in the bottle after mm. 10 minutes. And I was like, what happened? Yeah. I was so upset. That um, sounds like stress too. So, I mean, you're going through some yeah. stress at that point. Our oh, bodies do 40 pounds in that 30 days. Yeah. Our bodies do crazy stuff when we're stressed out. Yeah. So I ended up, I had been a part of a breastfeeding group a local one for Tucson. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of, uh, a few of those moms were very gracious to um, donate some breast milk. Mm-hmm. So I was able to do that. I'm actually looking back, I'm kind of shocked that the hospital agreed to that. But yeah, I, I gave her donated breast milk. And then I, one of the moms I became really good friends with. And who, no lie, she pretty much was a full-time donor for me until Skylar was one. I did get some of my supply back after she came home, but mm-hmm. it was never the same. Yeah. It was never the same. Uh, so it was always mine first. And then, uh, you know, my friend who donated, I had yeah. hers on stash and formula for emergencies only. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's, yeah, that's so- amazing. So she had a lot of, I mean, even if it wasn't your breast milk, it was still someone's breast milk. And that was, you know, human breast milk. And that was, of course, that probably I think it was very her. helpful. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. She, her formula consum- consumption was minimal. Mm-hmm. It was very minimal. I, you know, I'm so thankful to my friend for all that milk she donates to me. It was fabulous. Okay, so when you finally contacted the lawyer and decide, like, what made you want to decide to pursue a, the vaccine court case? What made me decide to pursue it? Because you don't fuck with my kids, that's why. <laughs> I mean, I can't really say that in any more of a polite way. Yeah. <laughs> and your injury, I mean, there's like a table um, of injuries possible. So, um, yeah, the parameter was 72 hours and she did uh, have her incident within the 72 hours. Okay. Uh, so therefore it was allowed to be, my case was allowed to be heard. Okay. So if anything she, you want to say about that? If one more day had gone by and she had a seizure, I would have been screwed. So how, so how did all of that go down? Like how did, like what kind of, I mean, did you hire expert? Can you just talk I didn't about hire anybody? I, I, well, I mean, I hired a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's completely con- is it not, not, I don't want to say contingent. I don't pay for it. 
I didn't yeah. pay for a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm trying to remember how I found the one that I chose. I don't know if I can't remember if he was suggested to me or if I Googled it. I can't remember. But either way, um, it, everything was remote through email and everything like that. The lawyer that I chose, I, I'm not going to say his name or anything like that. Yeah. He has not given me permission to share his information, but he's out of California. Everything was over the phone and through email. Okay. I would send, I, I signed waivers so that he could get some information. I sent medical records. Uh, he kept in touch uh, regularly with uh, my daughter's neurologist. And my daughter's neurologist was just the best. Uh, I think, I don't think we would have won if it wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. He, he recognized it and okay. wrote out a, a full uh, opinion, I guess, his medical professional opinion. Yeah. And it, it went far. So okay. it that took us very far. Okay. So yeah. So you're ne- the neurologist would have been like the expert witness or one of the expert witnesses. Um, yeah. He was definitely a doctor that was for our side. And then I do believe my lawyer had a couple other people that he regularly worked with that also okay. did some research and, you know, opinions. I don't know who they are. Yeah. So do you know if like they had to come up with a theory or a hypothesis or, I mean, did you have to prove, did you have to prove like the causality or? Um, I don't believe the proof was that it was proof like that. Um, I just believe that we had enough evidence to prove that it was more likely than not. Um, because honestly, there, there are no tests that will definitively say, yes, this is what happened. Yeah. So you just have to present, I, I had to present all of her medical records, um, over the whole six years. So anytime she went to a checkup, anytime we went to the ER, anything, anything, mm-hmm. it was, it's all there, um, so for throughout the first two years, they know that she had um, chronic uh, ear infections and pink eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we got her weaned off and off of all the meds and everything like that, no more vaccines, all of a sudden, my kid has not been sick. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been sick since about, t- I mean, maybe with, we, we all got COVID, but mm-hmm. she was the only one with zero symptoms. She's the only one with zero symptoms. The baby got COVID. She had a fever for like four hours. Skylar, you never would have known. Not for a second. I don't, I barely think she's even had the sniffles. Except for last month, I think she had a cold for a week. And mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time she's been sick. Yeah. And so everything, everything about her has just improved absent any further vaccines, you know? So yeah, she's thriving without them and her condition has improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that went a long way in speaking for our case as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not like she's chronically ill, like that, sh- that she would have been cr- ill prior to the vaccines. And after it's like a clear, you know, she was very sick from the vaccines and then it tapered as she was yeah, further was away a, from the vaccines. It was a clear case for a reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that, you know what I mean? If she continued to have seizures, then it would be more believable that she had some sort of disorder that caused them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, it was a very like focalized point in her life. Here it is. This is what happened. She got these shots. This happened to her. No more shots. Everything's done. So it, that, that spoke highly for our case as well. So now what's the process like? It's been six years. Is, is, does it take several years even before it's heard or, 
you know, you, um, never, you never had to go anywhere. It just, everything's remote. Yeah. I, I never went anywhere. I've never met a judge. I've never met a, a, another lawyer. I never even met my lawyer in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything was just phone and emails. They would keep me informed. Um, like, okay, we're going to do this process. Um, the, we, we have all of the medical records that we need. Uh, they also took out maybe reports from child protective services as well, which mm-hmm. I was never even given. Mm-hmm. So my the vaccine lawyer actually provided them to me, and those were nice and shocking as well. Mm-hmm. But like uh, three days before she was released to the hospital, the um, child protective services were still disinclined to give her back to me. Oh, really? Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm not really sure what changed their mind exactly. They did do a home inspection first, but mm-hmm. she was released to me. So I guess moot point now. But boy, yeah. when I read them, I was like, oh. It was so angry. I was so angry. But um, yeah, they they would gather. It took a couple of years. They wanted to have um, a couple of years worth of medical records first. So they could not only just show um, what happened, but what's going on since. Yeah. So, um, you know, yes, with the, you know, the three day, um, the three day thing. So that was approved. Like, okay, the case will be allowed to be heard, but then he had to gather, you know, medical records and all of that stuff for the couple of years, show the progress and all of that before things really started to step off. And I don't think that I would would have necessarily taken six years, but there was a lot of those government shutdowns and stuff during COVID and it really delayed stuff, so. Yeah, I have heard, um, I mean, I have heard that they do take a long time though. And, and in some yeah. cases, they might wait, like if someone, I mean, I've heard terrible things, like they wait for, they, they might be delaying waiting for the patient to even die. Like if it's a very sick person or a sick patient, um, uh, or a very, that kind you know, of sickens me. I know, I know. It's, I mean, I've heard that in a lot of different instances, but yeah, so, so it's unfortunate that the table injuries are so narrow. I'm sure so many people don't even get to don't even get it as far like just to even file a petition but um, right well like yeah you, I mean I don't I don't know if it's based on what type of reaction you had with the timeline of what's allowable mm-hmm. but imagine imagine how many people like uh, a SIDS death that happened two weeks later or mm-hmm. a seizure that happened five days later and they tell me it's only sp- allowed three yeah, you know, um, imagine all the people that haven't been heard because of a day. Yeah, you yeah. know, but you know, my win is is it's a win for everybody because every time they lose, it's we're closer. Mm-hmm. We're closer to showing the world that we're not making this up. We're not crazy. Vaccine reactions and deaths are real. It's a win. It's a it's a win for everybody to be able to have that go against the other side. Yeah, it definitely gives me hope, and I know it gives everybody else hope too. Just knowing, like, if one one mother like you could could win for their child, it just means that we're all on the right path. Like, we know. I mean, we know there's something going on. We know that there's, and we know that they're not being honest. Yeah, and, um, we know. So it's we nice. Know. And then. I, you know, along my research and everything, and then looking back at certain things, like, um, I had, uh, I've never had a flu shot in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the reason for that is when I was growing up, I guess insurance didn't cover it if you were quote unquote healthy. Mm-hmm. So I had a brother with asthma and a sister with cerebral palsy. They got their shots, but I never had one. So I was, so I grew up thinking I'm healthy. I don't need it. You'll never convince me to get a flu shot. So when I was pregnant for Skylar, I did not get a flu shot. I declined that, but I did say yes to the Tdap. And mm-hmm. um, lo and behold, uh, like just another thing that I didn't put two and two together with, but I ended up in L&D extremely sick the next day. I left work early. I was not feeling good at all. And then, and I think I was uh, 32 weeks. But yeah, they monitored me overnight and all sorts of stuff and giving me IV fluids. And I just was not, I felt like death. And I can't attribute that to anything else. I mean, I was fine the day before. Yeah. Just suddenly. And it wasn't like a cold. I didn't have like a runny nose or anything like that. I just... Every, my stomach was cramping up. So they had me hooked up and like, they said, yeah, well, you're having contractions. So oh. I was like, great. So I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But what else could it have been? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah nothing. It, had, it had to have been that. I mean, because it, it causes so many things in the body. I mean, it's lighting a fire, you know, it's that. But then that makes me feel bad too, because it's like, gosh, was was that the beginning of it for her? I mean, she was in me. I got that. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like my not knowing just set her up for a tragedy. And it sucks. It it sucks. No matter, no matter how well she's doing now, I still, you know, have that nagging feeling that, like, it's my fault somehow because I didn't do my job as a mother. I didn't research enough. I just blindly made decisions, you know? Yeah. I, I feel I feel so much sympathy or empathy for for parents because at the same time, like I know that you can't take the blame and you can't take the fall because you're s- surrounded by people who are telling you that it's safe and that it's okay. And it's like, right. I mean, that's our entire world. I mean, up until just two years ago, we didn't have like all these people questioning vaccines. Like we have a lot more now, but even you know, before two yeah. years ago, I mean, it was total consensus was that vaccines were, are safe. So right. I, I I feel so bad when, when I hear a mother want to take all that blame. And I know that it's not your fault. They set you up that way, though, with the doctors, because in order to get a vaccine into your child, you do have to sign a consent form. You sign a consent form. Yeah. But then if you decide you don't want them, you have to decide you have to sign another form that says I, I decline. So one way or another, you're signing that your decision is the reason why whatever happens to your child happens. But at the same you time, know? they're not really giving anybody informed consent because they're not telling you of the Oh, no, risks. you get a yeah. one little you get a one page yeah. printout that says, uh, uh, be aware of vaccine reactions, redness and swel- swelling at the injection site, fever, lethargy. Uh, blah 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 all are common just relax you know whatever and then like oh contact your doctor if there's like convulsions or mm-hmm. an allergic reaction like okay and then I do and then you tell me it wasn't the shots so it's you know there's no studies there's nothing in there that tell you anything about any sort of scientific findings you get a little one page sheet and it says you might have soreness and swelling like <laughs> okay, that's to be expected, shot in the arm. Yeah, you know, that's what most what people think. Oh, I am. That's so what most people think. Yeah, we're set up to blame ourselves, regardless of what our decision is. 
So it's like, you know, if I had said no, and I signed the, the decline form and my baby caught whooping cough, then I would have been like blaming myself. Oh my gosh, I should have got the vaccine. Oh my gosh. You know, like, yeah, I still would have had no education from them either way mm-hmm. on what I was doing or not doing. So now I sit there and blame myself because I said yes to a shot. But, it, you know, I would have blamed myself if I said no and she got sick. Like, yeah. They, they do. They set it up. You make the decision. You sign the paper, whichever one it is. It sucks. So now we could blame our government, though, because because you won in vaccine injury court. So, I mean, I did, did. did they did they take any kind of they didn't take any responsibility, though, right? Like, did they say we're not admitting that it caused it as part of that? No, it was more like so they still wanted to continue the department of health is to go up against and um they all they had was experts saying that there has been noted seizure activity in infants with adenovirus they just kept sticking to that Mm. they had nothing else and so i had brought it up to my lawyer i said okay i'm like babies with adenovirus have been known to have seizures but how many of them were unvaccinated yeah we probably don't have i want to know i want to know the instance of infants with adenovirus having seizures that were vaccine free. And I want to know the instance of infants with adenovirus having seizures that were vaccinated because I want to compare the two, but like, that was not information that they had apparently. Yeah. And I was like, well, then you can't tell me that there's no association with the vaccines because you don't even have any information on unvaccinated adenovirus infected infants having seizures. You don't know what, what's going on. Cause no one looks at that. Like, I need to know because it could yeah. be a combination of the two, you know? Yeah. And also, but, I mean, your daughter had the adenovirus before and she didn't have any seizures until she got the vaccine. Right. And because that's the other thing, mm-hmm. you know, are we looking into things like this? Because maybe we might want to say, hey, a baby with adenovirus, that would be a contraindication to vaccine. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would think that they would care to look into that because that's important information. You know, let's say just for hypothetical, vaccines are 100% safe if you're giving them to a healthy kid. Well, so then you want to know the variables that would say if today's not the day to do this, right? But they yeah. don't care. Just do it. Just well, do and, it. And the fever too. That probably right. really. Exactly. You know. So, so, so do, no, I don't, I don't think vaccines are safe on the whole, even if you give them to a healthy child, but it just, it bothers me. The fact that there seems to be a blatant refusal to look at any possible variables in which you might want to wait, you know, there, there is no wait. You got to do it on schedule. Yeah. Because they know that if you delay, then there, you increase the chance of not completing the series. And it's exactly. like, they, they want people to be compliant with the series, you know, be up to date all by a certain age. They want as high coverage as possible. They don't, they really don't care about the individual cases or even individual risk factors. No. So yeah, they just, all they care about is getting those percents of children that high, you know, as high a percent of children vaccinated as they possibly can. Yep, exactly. It is corrupt. I don't care. I don't care who you are, what you say. It's corrupt. Yeah. So do you think that this would have been a SIDS if she was not seen? Absolutely. She wasn't found? Absolutely. 
that's what they would have labeled it as. I wouldn't have gotten any information different, and I probably would have vaccinated my second child. Like, you know, it, it's amazing, like, how awful the situation was, but how much good came out of it because I learned. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know, another thing that I always I always said, you know, is, oh, if I have more kids, definitely the, the best way that I can make this up to Skylar is to never make the same mistake again. Yeah. You know. And I haven't, and I won't. However, it doesn't really make me feel better. You know, I kind of thought, you know, when I said that, when I made that declaration that, you know, that would make me feel better. But it doesn't. It, You know, when I see how healthy Eliana is, and, you know, she's only had, like, a cold twice in her year Mm -hmm. of life, year and a half of life, just a couple little snuggy boogies, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... And, and then, you know, of course, we all had COVID, but a fever for four hours, and that was it for her. But um, just the fact she's not had a single ear infection, she's not had a single uh, pink eye like Skylar had. Mm-hmm. Skylar had a couple upsets, tummies and diarrhea episodes and stuff. Yeah. Eliana hasn't had any of that, and she seems to be so smart and developing so quickly but it makes me feel worse about the Skyler situation because I feel like yeah, it, it really reiterates to me that that was stolen from her. All the good things that happened for Ellie were stolen from Skyler. It sucks. And I don't feel better about it. Yeah, I know. And there, and you're not alone. I mean, there's so many mothers out there that don't know that didn't have your experience and they, you know, they just, but their children are sick and chronically ill, or they have worse experiences. I mean, like, you know, they might have their children develop autism or asthma or any of those mm-hmm. chronic conditions and they, they still don't know. And they, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a challenging situation because at the same time people look at us and they think that vaccines are perfectly safe. They just don't make that connection. But yeah. I, I understand. I mean, I wish I could take that guilt away from you. I mean, you, you're doing everything right now. You've done all the research, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's hard for us. I I know I'm, I'm comfortable with the fact that I make better decisions now, you know, that, that part makes me feel better, but I just, I'll never feel better about what happens. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. yes, I've gone on with my life. I don't usually think about it on a day-to-day basis, but Mm -hmm. On the days that it does come across my mind, it's just like, oh, I was so stupid. And I'll never stop thinking that it was me that was stupid. Like, because I'll just, I'll always think. But, you know, as far as her winning, no, my husband and I got zero. We, Mm -hmm. there there is no lost wages. There's no pain and suffering for us or anything like that. Uh, Because some people have asked, like, do you, did Mm -hmm. you get anything? Uh, We didn't get anything. I don't care. I don't care about that. I, I, Skylar I care about Skylar she's the one that went through physical torture um, at such a young age and it should never have happened Uh, we were given a few different options on how um, how she could have her money Um, I won't disclose what the settlement amount was but it will just collect interest over the years but the option that we chose was that she'll get it in a lump sum at 25 and the reason why I chose that is because with the interest She'll get a lump sum instead of payments, like smaller payments throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And it'll collect more interest and it's the greater amount. Yeah. Um, so I just figured that that would be better. Plus that 25, she'll be a little more mature to make 
decisions with that money. But yeah, um, at least th- she has that. And that is her token to know that we fought for her. Yeah. You know, that, you know, something bad happened, but I made sure that she was going to come out all right. Yeah. And, you know, and what about and, all your hospital bills and everything? Um, yes. So, um, Skyler was on state insurance at the time. So everything was paid for um, at the time, but they also have to pay the state back. Okay. So it's deemed in the judgment that these are medical bills that should not have incurred. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're paid by taxpayer money. And then your lawyer fees are would be covered too as well, right? Yes. So nothing has come out of my pocket. Not not one cent. Okay. And now... Um... And now Skylar has something to look forward to at least um, when she's older and yeah, and she um, she'll have a decent chunk of change to Mm -hmm. start her life as an adult. I mean, of course, uh, we all know uh, those of us in the community that Mm -hmm. the cap is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You don't get awarded anything more than that. Mm -hmm. We did not get that. (laughs) So just you know, like I said, I won't disclose the amount, but we didn't get that. But, um, like, we didn't even get half that. But with the interest, um, the interest, by the time she's 25, it will be more than half of that. Yeah. So, but either way, it doesn't matter. No amount is ever enough. No, I know. And it's really, and and it's such a small amount when you think about how much money these vaccine manufacturers make. Yeah, it really is. It's like, it's insulting. It's insulting, honestly. It really is. And we, we know that there's a very large, what is a, a large pool that this money comes from because for mm-hmm. every person that gets vaccinated what is it is it 75 cents still 75 cents yeah, yeah each okay. each dose is 75 cents each for each bacteria or virus or whatever it is right yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah like okay. the mmr would be 225 yeah. you get all the people that may or may not have injuries that they noticed or said anything about all the people that get denied you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's more money in there than that's been paid out. So it's it's just like it's a fraction. It's a drop in the bucket and nobody nobody gets paid enough. I mean, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars if your kid dies, if there's an actual death, that's all you got. Two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. And you're lucky if you get that. I know. And most people don't. I mean, most people don't get anything because like either they're thrown out or they don't even qualify. Like a SIDS, a SIDS wouldn't even qualify technically. I mean, you know, no, even if call it SIDS, they'll deny it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I don't know. It's unexplained. I, I wonder. Hmm. Well, I'm so glad they, that Skylar was found right in time. Yeah, me too. I, I don't know. I don't know where I'd be. I have no idea. Because especially being a first time mom at that point in time, like if I lost my first, I, I don't know. I just don't think. I don't think I probably would have been able to go on very well. I, I wouldn't be the same person, I don't think, at all. I know it's a long process, but thank you so much. Like, everyone is, like, yeah, from, we're all, we all kind of feel the same way. We're just, like. And just everybody needs to, it, it doesn't matter. If you get, you get denied, you get denied. That's, I think, is the most important takeaway. Do everything you possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get shut down, you get shut down, but don't stop trying yeah don't get discouraged these these are these are our babies fight fight we don't all win but we're all warriors one way or another yeah 
we are. And then we all have to do what we can. I mean, not everyone is, you know, we're all doing different things, but together I feel like we're getting it done. More people are learning about vaccines and vaccine injuries. And um, absolutely, it's now it's like, you know, on the news all the time. Well, at least some news, but yeah, I mean, we're getting it known. Yes, we're getting it known. We're we're heard. People are starting to believe us. I've even had people thank me, you know, for you know educating them. I've had a couple people decide otherwise what they would have after hearing my story. So that's the other thing: share your story. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not win in vaccine court, but share your story. You're going to change somebody's mind. You know, people people will be grateful when they see how healthy their kids are. They will. Yeah. It's amazing how many people have a story. They don't even realize they have a story, but a lot of people have that story. A lot of stuff. They just, just think, think it's normal. some sort of coincidental mm-hmm. occurrence in their life that they had no way of knowing what happened or had no way of preventing. And yeah, that's true for some. Some people have genetic issues that cause things, but there is one that one decision that you can make that will never have you questioning if that's what did it, you know, and that's, if you don't get the shots, you'll never wonder if it was the shots. Yeah. You'll never have to worry about that. Yeah. And measles isn't scary. Yeah. Everybody needs to realize that it's not scary. I mean, there's benefits to having these infections. If you don't get enough exposure to germs that that could cause problems like immune system issues and allergies. So it's like, why wouldn't the same be true for viruses? I mean, obviously we need exposures to to make us healthy. We don't live in bubbles. Mm -hmm. We're meant to be exposed to things. We're meant to fight things off. And that's what makes makes, us stronger. That's what makes our immune system literally strong. And it's funny. Have you ever seen anybody talk about survival of the fittest, meaning unvaccinated kids are all going to die because they weren't made to be stronger? But wouldn't the fittest be the ones that didn't need some sort of boost mm-hmm. to get through? Wouldn't yeah. the fittest be the ones that fight something on their own? Yeah. And people who don't have chronic health conditions too, caused by the vaccines. Like, I mean, we, we don't need, you know, an inhaler or um, any medications to live. Oh, but that's taboo. You can't say that either. All these I'm going to get canceled. Condition. That's, that's I'm going to get, I know. Those aren't causeway vaccines. How dare you? Oh my gosh. No, I'll get canceled by one fraction, but not the other. Yeah. Um, I think I knew one kid allergic to peanuts growing up. One. Yeah. Now you can't even bring peanut butter to school. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with, I didn't know anyone allergic to peanuts, but in my family, my brother's asthmatic. So I did know, yeah. you know, someone that had asthma. Yeah. My brother's asthmatic. I too, definitely so. think that there's, um, but of course my, my brother's vaccinated cause we all were, but um, there's definitely a genetic component for some things, but like if you, you can have that genetic susceptibility and not have, asthma as well yeah. you know there's things and that trigger how many, it how many um mmr shots do kids get now now it's two but when i was little it was only one right see a lot i i don't know if anybody out there actually knows how old i am <laughs> i'm old enough to where i did not get dtap i got dtp me too yeah no me and too i'm old enough to where i only got one mmr shot Yes. I, I did not get a second one. Yeah. I do think they gave me a meningitis shot at 12, but I, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. remember. So yeah, we're, we're in the same, same era, generation X. 
Gen X, yeah. Yeah, we're not. Well, I guess I Gen think X. I'm technically a Xennial. I'm like one of those cuspers. Okay. So, um, no, but yeah, our, our schedule was so much more minimal. I mean, although the DTP vaccine was worse, but our, our yeah, schedule, our schedule and I was ADHD. Worse. I don't know if that, you know, but people also tend to forget that that DTP was the exact reason why we were in the situation we're in now where we have to sue the government and not. Oh, I know. Yeah. The vaccine manufacturers, they're, they're liability free. That shouldn't send off any red flags. No. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of lawsuits and really high settlements too. People were winning a lot of money against, right, exactly. against the DTP vaccine. Yes. So. Against that specific one. And Skyler's neurologist said, um, if um, based on the fact that seizures seem to be the main reaction, um, he said of all the vaccines that you got, even though it's hard to pinpoint when you get multiple at the same time, he is inclined to say that the likely culprit is the DTaP. He said because it is very common. So mm-hmm. even later in life, you know, when you're getting that tetanus shot, that you know, of course, when they like to call it the tetanus shot, and they don't tell you anymore that you're getting three. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he says that it's very common. You know, when the kids start getting them again, like at six, and that's the only one they get, or whatever, mm-hmm. that seizures happen, and so. He sees it. He told me he sees it happen a lot with the detox shot. So really, they they added that little tiny A in there, but nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. That shot's still just as dangerous as it was when we were getting DTP. Yeah. Did you it's have any problem. reactions as an infant? Like, did you go back and ask your mom if? Not that I know of, but like I said, I have ADHD, and I I don't know if that's a you know what I mean. I don't yeah. know. You know, I mean, my mother told me that her doctor prescribed some sort of medication also when she was pregnant for me for her really bad morning sickness. Hmm. And then when she asked for it 10 years later, pregnant for my brother, they told her that that medication has been found to cause ADHD. Like, Hmm. I don't know. Either way, if it was caused by a vaccine or if it was caused by that morning sickness drug, you're not really convincing me that pharmaceuticals are any good you know well now and now they're finally saying don't give tylenol too now they're finally adding warnings to tylenol but that's and that and the lawsuit the mass lawsuit for for autism findings in mothers who took tylenol during pregnancy Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know about that i don't that one also kind of strikes me as a little fishy too it like is it really the tylenol or are they just trying to take the focus off the shots yeah, because people like to say the shots cause it, and I don't know how to. I mean, they give Tylenol before and after shots, so it's like you can't really separate yeah. the two. Exactly, exactly. Like that, we're just like they they swarm you with so many things all at once that you can't pinpoint something. So then, therefore, you can't blame something. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh well, we can't say that because we can't tell for sure. Uh, great so then why do you do all this all at once why why would you put yourself in that position to not know because they don't Mm -hmm. care that's probably Mm -hmm. why they try to get you to do all of the vaccines at one visit too because if you did space them out you might be able to see that there's different responses to and they have their tactics too they have their tactics i i spoke to one mother who um, she wasn't against vaccines. She just wanted to space them out. And so the tactic that the doctor tried to use on her was 
you know, oh, I have no problem spacing them out, but just know, you know, if we have to do more appointments, then that puts you at more of a risk of getting into a car accident and driving to doctor's offices. I'm like, you're kidding, right? Yeah, that's really, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. So they're trying lame. to find any way, any way to convince the mother just to do what they want. Yeah. Because you know, you know, you're statistically more likely to get in a car accident. So now you're just increasing your chances. Jeez. It's really ridiculous. Or, they're you know, desperate. you talk to the mothers that say that they, they don't know. I don't know if I want to give shots. And then the doctors will say, your baby will die if you don't do this. Like, will die. Not might die. Will die. I've heard that too. Yeah. They believe in it. No. So it, it's like such a blind faith. They just believe in it so much. Or they could just be right. getting those kickbacks too. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. We we know that they get bonuses for having a certain percentage of their practice fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we say, we say that and we're crazy for saying that too. Well, thank you so much for talking and sharing your story. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me.